0: Welcome to the Fearless Leader Podcast, where we have authentic conversations about culture, community, health, and education. Now here's your host, Jason Belton. All right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jason Belton. Welcome to another Fearless Leader Podcast. Today I have Ms. Kathy Carter, author, educator, with us. Hello, Ms. Carter.
1: Hello, Mr. Belton.
0: How are you feeling today?
1: I feel great. That's I'm excellent.
0: That's excellent. Do you want to give the listeners, you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: So I am a uh, career educator. I spent 35 years uh, in the public school system as a classroom teacher, reading specialist, supervisor. And uh, in the end, I was the director for language arts and testing. And I did, uh, I was an adjunct professor at two community colleges for reading and writing. My sweet spot, though, is fourth grade. (laughs) (laughs) That's the sweet spot. That is. I
0: love it. I love it. Um, You know, and thats I guess that's our difference, Ms. Carter, because my sweet spot is my sweet spot is PE. Yeah. So so let me ask you, uh, let me jump out. Where did you get this love for, because I know you have to have a passion to, you know, start um, writing books. So where did you uh, develop this passion for for reading and writing?
1: So um, I would say that reading and reading was always very important in my house. Uh, My mother was a voracious reader. She read novels, just and my grandmother, well, she was the one who, in the morning, you would see her reading the Star Ledger. In the evening, she was reading the Newark Evening News. Okay. So that was that was a part of me. But then again, as I said, I was the kid who came home from school and taught my dolls and toys what I had learned in school and right. read to them. And so it's just always been a part of me.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so let me ask. So coming home, um, and, and reading to your dolls. Um, and so when you read into your dolls, are you writing this information down? No, I'm re I'm just
1: reading to them. Oh, you just reading when to I them. Would write for them. I would set them up and I'd line them up and I'd write on paper and then I'd show them the paper just like my teachers did. Right. Right. <laughs> only they had the, the chalkboard.
0: Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so then let's get into the, the first book. Right. Okay. Okay. So the first book you walk me through the title and and yep, there we go. Show show me the book. There we so, go. There the we go.
1: Book is summertime with Lizzie B. Hayes. Okay. And me make sure it's not shiny. And it is by me, K. P. Carter, and my mm-hmm. illustrator is a, da- a great guy, David James. Okay. And it is the story of an eight-year-old girl and her colorful family as they live through the summer of the 1967 unrest in North New Jersey. Um, Some call it a riot, some call it a rebellion, revolution. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I speak with children and when I um, present myself to others, I try to stick with the word unrest to um, just not put people on guard, but to let them know things went right.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah, but I wanted folks to know that there are a lot of myths that you have about Newark that are not true. And as a child growing up in Newark, during that time period, our families loved us, Mm -hmm. our communities loved us, our teachers cared about us, and it was was a different time. And many of the things that people hear about Newark are not true.
0: Right, right. What, what, so, so was it important for you to kind of take that perspective? Like you felt like you needed to tell that part of the of the story.
1: That was what I wanted to do exactly. Um, just to see that life was normal for a child. You. So it's told through the eyes of. It's not a memoir. Right. It's a it's a historical fiction book and mm-hmm. is to help children understand that they can see themselves in these characters. Mm-hmm. And even though Lizzie's parents were divorced, she lived with her extended family and it was still, there was love in the family. Now, was it perfect? No, no one's family is perfect. Right, but right. They were just living lives, living their lives.
0: I think I would appreciate the book not being perfect.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know.
0: I probably, be, I'd probably be upset, Miss Carter, yes. to know somebody had a that I, this was perfect, and I went <laughs> through ups and downs. So, My family, right. Right. right, right, right. No, that's excellent. That's excellent. But so, but the but but children are able to see it, and the age group will be what, Miss Carter.
1: The age group is eight to twelve.
0: Okay, so the so um students eight to um children eight to twelve will be able to see the ups and downs of, ups and of, down. of a family and the ups and downs of the community as well.
1: Right, right. And it was a time when you didn't necessarily have direct conversation with adults about these things.
0: Right, this right, is, right. <laughs> right. You
1: eavesdropped. Yeah. <laughs> you heard what folks were saying. So That's it,
0: right. And That's then right.
1: sometimes what you heard, what you interpreted may have been distorted. Mm-hmm. I talk about that also because when I speak about rumors in the neighborhood, they don't always get it right.
0: So you even talk about rumors in the
1: book. And I talk about
0: rumors. Yeah, because that's all but, we had on, on South 10th yeah. Street in Newark. That's all we had yeah. were rumors.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, there is a, a teaching guy that helps Excellent. teachers Excellent. Uh, promote the book to, to present the book to children. And mm-hmm. I also have book notes in the back where you can look at footage from that time mm-hmm. and draw better conclusions than what the kids were were hearing on the, right. the word on the street. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ms. Carter, did you think it was important to put the why do you think because they're there, why do you think it was important to put the questions in the back of the or or to have questions for the text?
1: Because um, children need to think about what they read. They need to have conversation about they read, what they read. They need to be able to think critically and questions push them in that direction. Um, and so that, that was my reason for creating questions. And I wanted to do some Common Core link. So I do add some, um, some of the standards there mm-hmm. so that people can see. It's not just asking questions like, uh, what color was Mary's dress? But right. why did she put that dress on?
0: Right. You so have to go deeper. Right. So um and even so you even open up with it being a, a historical connection to it. Yes. Um, and with the um uh, you you gave me like three different you said uh could have been uprising, it could have been, yes, been, right, been a riot, could, right.
1: a revolution,
0: a revolution, right. Rebellion. right. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah.
1: many people from uh have different opinions about mm-hmm. what
2: it was. Mm-hmm.
1: When I was coming up, it was it was a riot. People was like they were just wilding in the streets, and mm-hmm. just, but as time went on and evolved, right. and people really looked at it. Oh, this is right. Was a response to many things that were not going on, and it wasn't just happening in Newark. This was mm-hmm. happening right over a couple of years mm-hmm. in different uh, urban settings around our country. When
0: you first started to write, though, because this is this is good that it's coming from the perspective of a, of a young child. Right. You know, when I see uh, the, the, the the videos that are out or if I see like movies that are out, you know, they were always taken from this perspective of of an adult. Um, and so so did you sit back, look at the historical piece and then put it through that decide I'm going to put this I'm going to put this through the eyes of a child?
1: Well, When I first started, very first, maybe in uh, 2012, I just wanted to share some of the things that I had experienced when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. And then I said, wow, wouldn't it be interesting to include that 1967 era? And so I, mixed in things that I had experienced things Mm -hmm. that my friends have experienced into that with with that historical backdrop so I had to do even though I was I'm older than the character in the Mm -hmm. story and um I had to do a lot of research and Mm -hmm. so yeah
0: was it and so with the research and and uh you you being older than the character so you lived it um was it like, where did it take you back, right? I mean, because, you know, you're seeing things in the street and you're, you're reliving yeah. all of this stuff. Like, where did this book take you?
1: It took me to when I, one of the main things that always stuck with me was I lived on South 20th Street at the time. Okay. Corner of South 20th and Clinton Avenue. Okay. That's okay. the last block before Irvington. Okay. We have Bob wire across the street and of course we couldn't go outside but then when we did go outside it was barbed wire and the troopers walking up and down our street with their rifles and bayonets so it took me there and it was like oh it really did something to my heart Mm -hmm. but it was good to get it those feelings out on paper
0: right Right. When you were when in putting all of that together, like, did you, were you reaching out to people to, hey, I'm, yes. remember and this? And,
1: like on your side, because different parts of Newark experienced it in different ways.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: um, if you, you were, were the
0: first one that I've ever heard, honestly, um, and I'm sitting here thinking because I grew up in Newark and part of Irvington. And when you say that, you were like and it put I'm right on the block where you're at, and I'm sitting there thinking like i' didn't, I didn't know that that was actually the border, so i mean i I didn't know that either
1: yes, yes, so yeah, it was uh
0: barbed wire and and barbed, barbed so
1: barbed wire to, to
0: separate
1: right across because you were not going out of Newark into Irvington and you were not coming from Irvington into Newark,
2: wow. Okay. Barbed
1: wire, tanks. Okay.
0: Okay. All right. All right. So, um, so you all right? So we get Lizzie out, um, and well, how long was how long was that to get out though, Miss Carter? How long was that to kind of put this put the put that project together?
1: Well, it took it took longer than no, I wouldn't say that. It came out when I was ready for it to come out. I like that. I started working on it many years ago, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: maybe in um, the the late, mid to late 1990s. Um, At that time, my sons were young and I was heavy in the classroom Mm -hmm. and I had these seed ideas to write the book, but I did not make the time to actually do it because There are people with those same circumstances who Mm -hmm. write books. Mm -hmm. I just was not able to do it. But then uh, in about 20, maybe 20, oh, I can't even remember now. A friend of mine, a very dear friend passed away. And I said, well, either you're going to write this book or you just need to stop talking about it.
0: Right, right. So
1: I got rid of all the distractions. My Mm -hmm. sons were much older. Mm -hmm. They were, you know, on their way in their lives and, um, didn't go out with the folks. I had to step back from my sorority and church Mm -hmm. applications, shut the phone off and get it done.
0: I, I, you know what, I appreciate
1: that. It took me uh, two years to get it.
0: And so that is the sacrifice, like the not going out, the turning off the phone. There's some sort of sacrifice to sort of put you, get yes. yourself in a space in order to make that happen.
1: That's what I for me. yes, Right.
0: And, that, you know, that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you, too, about um, when you as an as an author, um like I, I know there's time you, you have to sort of sit down and kind of flush this thing out. And I was yeah. just going, and I was, wanted to ask you about the sacrifice before you even brought it up. But, yeah. but even after the table was cleared with everything, still a process, still okay. a two year process. Yes. Yes. Okay.
1: Because you write the book, put it aside and then you need an editor you need a copy editor, you need a content editor because you have to have people to go through who've never put eyes on it before. So they can look for not only, um, grammatical errors, but just errors of content that don't match. Like you said this already in chapter three, right? So the way you're saying it in chapter six, it doesn't connect. So the rewrite, revision, edit, rewrite, it's a uh, the process I'm
0: surprises. laughing Ms. Carter because I can imagine somebody probably rewriting your work when you're like I do this for a living
1: <laughs> well but they are paid to write their skill
0: right right so, you
1: know they uh, in the end you you write what you need to write but you have to take direction because mm-hmm. that's what editors are for mm-hmm. and um, I chose to self-publish initially. Um, With my third book that's going to come out, I believe in 2022, I'm looking to get an agent and have it traditionally published, just just to see what that experience is like.
0: Right, right. When you, um, and so at the time of the book with Lizzie, the first book, how does, what does the community in, in the schools fit? Like, what's the conversations in the house? What's the conversation... Does Lizzie have that conversation at school? Like, are, are those, like, you you've got tanks and barbed wires across the, the things. And, and even from, not even just the perspective of Lizzie, but for, for you, Ms. Carter, what does that, how does, what's that conversation in the home? And what's that, what does that conversation in the school feel like? Because you guys still had to go to school, right? I mean, you get, you didn't, they didn't shut the city down. It was, it was summer. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Okay.
1: But Our family was, um, like I say, still close mouthed, like many adults. They didn't explain. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You didn't get much of an explanation, but you Mm -hmm. can hear them talking about how dangerous it was. You better stay inside. Right. And and we were all, um, we had uh, sisters, and the sisters had girl children mm-hmm. so it wasn't a thing of th- you have to keep your boys in the house we didn't right. deal with that but i can't imagine that that was a um hard thing to do i
0: i, I like the i like the gist of the book I, I as a even as a i mean i always thought that it was hard for me to find text that i could kind of you know be interested in and i always felt that the teacher's just I almost felt like they purposely gave me stuff that I didn't want to read. Right. And so <laughs> but the text, I can I can get into that. I'm sitting here asking those kind of things like those are the that's the information that that's that that historical, that rich information. Yeah. I could probably after I read the book, I'll get on the phone with, with my mom or somebody and, and be like, hey, you know, this, that yeah. and the other. I mean, it sounds like that, definitely like that kind, of, that kind of text.
1: And I had adults to say to me, thank you for writing this book, because you helped me to explain to my child mm-hmm. what was going on. And I could talk about my feelings with them, because it's important to share that history. Mm-hmm. Many times we think we want to shove things under the rug and it's better now. and mm-hmm. no, But we're building on what has happened in the past. And unfortunately, a lot of that stuff is still happening. Mm -hmm. There's still pervasive poverty. There's still,
2: you
1: know, there's so.
0: Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You uh. So, then, Okay. So, you put the the first installment out, and so you uh. And and so let me ask you. So, you you put this the first one out. How does that? Are you sitting on the edge of your seat like when that's when it's ready to be released like? Or, or are you like more, you know, I, I, I put it out. It's out now. I was
1: so, so happy and proud. And just thinking about how my parents would feel uh, if they were here to right. actually see this. Right. I felt such pride in getting it done. And I really mm-hmm. didn't, um, you know, of course you write because you want to sell books.
0: Right. But,
1: but it was just, I got this story. I, I did right. And right. it was, it was not an easy, easy task. Right. But I tell people, everybody has a story to tell. Mm-hmm. You have to make the time and sit down and write it down. And then you go through the process to get it a good product out for folks.
2: I,
0: you know, I, I, I like, I, it's one of those things, Ms. Carter, where you know, it's like easier said than done. Oh yes. But when you said I, I do uh, respect that you, when you said you I put the phone down, and I had to shut a lot of stuff out to kind of yeah. hear this, you know, get this to book out, and, right.
1: and these characters in the first book, uh, people always ask me, "Well, who do you know?" Names Lizzie B. Hayes, and right, this- right, right, right. We- and she has two cousins, uh Shushu, who is thirteen years old and uh-huh. like a boy crazy, and Mookie, mm-hmm. boy in the in the house. Mm-hmm. And it's like all of these things came to me in a dream. All of the episodes for the next books in the series. Wow. And I got up and I wrote them all down, you know, <laughs> a summary of what I, had. and so I said, okay, so let me just take each one. Let me see which one I'm going to work on. Right, right. Because you have to develop your characters. Right, right. Get the setting right, get their voice,
2: mm-hmm.
0: attitudes right on text yeah. and everything, right? Because, you know, it's funny, I, I was going to ask you that as well. Uh, what was the what was the characters how were the characters ins- inspired and it was funny you say Mookie and I'm like it's a Mookie on every block a, yes <laughs> but, but I like how you so you had to did you did you dig deep like what were the characters developed from different people into one from character
1: and children that mm-hmm. I've taught okay. through the years okay and I just took different little things about them and, and molded them into these, these characters. Uh, this first book was easier. Second book was not as easy because now I'm going on to write about, uh, well, let me put it this way. When I wrote the first book,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: I went to a, an author event from a very famous author. Okay. And I was so happy. I was explaining to her about the book. She says, oh, yes, that's so good. I'm so happy for you. Now I'm challenging you to write about something you don't know about.
2: Mm.
1: Go deeper. And and so that's what I did with the second book. And because I've never been bullied. I've never. I I have been to Girl Scout camp. Mm -hmm. Lizzie behaves in a great camp caper. Mm -hmm. But I've never been bullied. I never really uh, dealt with some of the things that Lizzie went through in the second book, and the Coco, who's the girl that is bullying her at camp. I did not have anyone in my right, home. right. So I had to think about what are those kids like, mm-hmm. and I thought about kids who I had in classes, mm-hmm. bullies, and their home life, and. What are some of the things that may have led them to right do those things?
0: Yeah, because I, I and I I know that, um, especially in education, I can see. I would always wonder where the where the where the sort of the desire came from students to want to bully. Yeah, um, but then when you sort of got down and, you know, if you got into the layers of it, you know, you saw things where certain things were happening in, in their homes or, or they were bullied and, you know, and someone didn't, you know, if no one intervened and then that became their system. Right. You know, so, so, so now that, because, you know, you aren't so connected to that. So how did the research move you in that?
1: I just thought about the different kids that I had, and I looked online and I re- read articles about what are some things that lead kids to do those kinds of things. Took a lot of reading and and, and just thinking about it and really mm-hmm. going back in my memory because I've taught hundreds of kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, really. I taught fourth grade for close to 12 years.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That was where I spent most of my uh, my time
0: yeah wow you know and just on that note with the fourth grade and I know how much you like to uh read and, and write I um I had read an, an article I think I was going over to something um the Matthew effect or something and It said about the third grade and it said how the third grade is that is that where they could almost predict how successful a student will be you yeah. know um later on down down the line so it was funny Um, well, not funny, but peculiar, you know, that you were in the fourth grade. So you would see those sort of, yeah, you you can, you can sort of see where certain things, certain students had had gaps at that time. Right.
1: So, because a lot of, I'm sure you've heard that, you know, from K to three, we're teaching the kids Mm -hmm. how to, read, you know, and then how to, I'm trying to think of the exact way to say it, teaching Mm -hmm. them to read. And then as, after that,
0: It's It's reading to to learn learn. or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh
1: So if they've had a negative experience in that K-3 area, and for whatever reason they have gaps, and no one on the professional level has picked up on what those gaps are, Mm -hmm. you bring that to fourth grade where the text is much more complex,
0: you have a problem. You're
1: going to have an issue.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's it only gets, as you know, more challenging as you go up the grade. So it takes mm-hmm. a lot of patience on teachers' parts. And um, you have to care.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> That's the one thing. Mm-hmm. That was the really um, challenging thing about being a, a supervisor and director. You can do a lot of things with your staff, but you cannot... Make a person care.
0: That is so true. That is so true. So, you want to talk to me uh, or talk to the listeners um, as well a little bit about uh, more about the second book now. Yes. So, it's it's at it takes place at camp. Yes. Okay.
1: busy Hayes and the Great Camp Caper.
0: So, I mean, what? So, so you want these summer themes, huh, Miss Carter? This,
1: all <laughs> summer ideas that I got.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I'm just saying I'm a January baby. That's the only reason i like, well, the,
1: the <laughs> third book happens to be not a summer event though, because I found that when I went around and talked with lots of uh children, they said, well, what happens when she goes back to school?
0: Right, right, right. Her. Right.
1: Said, well, let me just take a little detour. And, and the third book is she's in junior high school.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh my yeah. good.
1: so, to, so, that research is crazy, but so that, I mean, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> and then it's, you know, it's still in the backdrop of Newark in 1970 now. Oh, okay. Okay. So, you know, that turn of, of decade. But anyway, right. the, the second book, she's off at camp.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And she's still trying to get little her, her mind straight that her parents are not going to get back together, even though... They're loving. She spends time with her father. He's mm-hmm. not an absent dad or anything like that. I think all kids want their parents to be together. Mm-hmm. You you just have that idea of what a nuclear family should be, but they make sure that she gets what she needs, and she's off to Girl Scout camp. Well, that's part of why she didn't want to go because she wanted to still keep doing her little plotting to try mm-hmm. to get that. But at camp she meets this girl who she calls the sour lemon sucking face girl. <laughs> <laughs> and she met her on the bus before they got to go, you know, before they took off, man, she was mean. But it shows how they end up being in the same cabin, the things that happen between the two of them. There are two other cabin mates who are Caucasian how uh, that interaction wow. goes, and that you know, mix yeah. are not back then girl scouts, you were not in a whole all uh, black camp. Oh, okay. Okay. So uh, that, uh, getting around that and Lizzie and Coco get lost on an overnight hike mm. and things really get deep then because Lizzie gets to find out, well, what's really right. Coco right. And, uh, the kids always say, well, I know they're going to be just friends when it's all over. And I'm like, no, it's, it's not. People don't always just say, OK,
2: mm-hmm.
1: honky dory. Right. You get a different right. perspective about them. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so that that's a that's the second book.
0: I like the dynamics of it, of it all. Like, I I like the idea, even if they don't, you know, people don't you like you said, some people it's, it's hard to mesh. Uh, but I like the concept with. um uh, the family, mom and dad might not be together. Um, I think that's that's just a good jump or springboard for some good conversation with with any kid. Right. Like, listen, it's, it's not always a, a pretty picture. And, yeah. you know, but, you know, you're still a parent. And, you know, yeah. and those are, and, and that's that's real good conversation to have. And then, mm-hmm. you know, why don't this person like me? Right I mean yes. I don't know what I'm doing mom or dad to to have this person not like me
1: exactly
0: and and you know, and so I think those are that's great conversation, especially at like that middle schoolish age because it's it it gets worse it gets, as they you know as they get high school and you yes, know you've seen sir. the news for college, so it's just it's just ridiculous mm-hmm. so but now you dealing with that, you had to like how did you get where were you pulling this information from
1: Scarter? So, uh, I thought back to my junior high school days, <laughs>
0: but now you weren't, I you didn't, but you weren't, you never dealt with that situation though, right? No,
1: but uh, people around me, okay. Okay, and I reached out to my friends who have children that age,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> so, that'll do it, yes, okay. All right, all right. I, I mean, I just, I, I like that because it is a lot of. This, that, that's a lot of conversation. Just, you know, I'm just thinking about me and my daughter reading it and that that's going to be like, you know, springboard to, you know, a, a ton of conversation. Now yeah. your, um, now your, 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 your last and your final text, you said it will be out soon.
1: So the next text I'm working on now, um, I am planning to have it launch in 2022. I'm working to, um, I'm working toward being traditionally published this time. So it may be, oh, it's definitely a different process, but good writing is good writing. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah.
0: How do you, uh, when you speak to uh, people, Ms. Carter, about the book, um, is there, do, do, do conversations start off with um, students or do they ever evolve to um, our students today? How do we get them to love writing and and reading? Like, do do, do those conversations come up like when you're out and you're at, you know, book signings and book events? Like, do do they evolve to that?
1: So you talk about, people ask that all the time. Like, what made you love to write? And what made you learn to love to read? All I can do is share my experience. Mm -hmm. And if you can create positive experiences Using texts for book for for children, mm-hmm. the likelihood of them learning to love it is going to be increased, as opposed to get making reading be a punishment. Right, right. Uh, turn that TV off. You got to read for a half. You got to read exactly. Uh, <laughs> right. And the thing that they used to do, uh, right? I I am sorry fifty times.
0: Right, right, right. Do that. Right. <laughs>
1: That is true. Well, that's gonna turn you way over. <laughs> that old.
0: is true. That is true.
1: So uh yes.
0: Yeah. So I um come I you know, and it's funny because uh high school for me, I think it was um Othello was the was the book that we were reading. And I remember um I almost asked the, the teacher after the first reading of it in the class. I was like, I was like, Miss Shavis did we, did we, did, is this punishment? Like, did we do something? Like, because it was just so deep, the, you know, just the intro. And I was like, I'm gonna need a thesaurus for this. But she was like, no, Jason, I just need to make sure you're prepared when you graduate, you know, things like that. So she was the one of the first people to kind of like break that down for break me. And I was like, because I felt like you just set me up. Like, what did? Yeah. We, was I making too much noise in the back? <laughs> I didn't know, Ms. Carter, but like you're saying, when we, when we first to have the conversation with the kid, because, you know, um, I have been home, um, with my grandmother who would say, turn the TV off and go right. And now I didn't never really, I mean, it could have been punishment, but I'm sure I got a lot, I got better at it because there's so much stuff, so many times I had to turn the TV off with, Mm -hmm. but I like what you're saying. Not always, it shouldn't be as a punishment.
1: Right definitely not make it a punishment right like, right yes
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I, I agree with off. that yeah yeah when you when you're out do you see that are there like a, a lot of young young writers coming up like are there do you see like
1: oh yes I mean I have been to so since the pandemic you know you there's so many there are so many virtual events mm-hmm. happening I have encountered so many children authors children's 10, 11. Wow. Writing books, writing. Mm-hmm. Books. I'm like, you folks are really. But then that's a parent who's behind them. Right. Right. Them, mm-hmm. helping them to tell their little story.
0: Right. 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 But Miss Carter, was it something for you to um, the story Did the story had to be steeped in in like a blackness for you? Like, did it? I mean, and I know that's the walk you walk. But did did it? You felt like it had to be. I wanted
1: to tell the story of a black girl encountering normal things that kids encounter. And I've had many children of different races to say to me that they love the book because it's just a kid's story.
0: It's a kid's story, right?
1: And I remember one. I'll never forget this. I did a, an author event at a bookstore in Bergen County and the entire audience was Caucasian. Those people, after I finished, they were coming up to me in tears because it took them back to their childhood. Mm. Everybody's got a childhood.
0: And, and you know what you talked no to, you said, you, you just said something key. You said earlier that that barbed wire separated people so just as you envisioned it where you couldn't move a certain way yes. I'm sure that you know those folks saw that or you know read the book and remembered how they could and couldn't move and and I and I remember just it being on the news in a certain way you know so I, I never would think about the perspective of anyone else looking at that just the way that we were looking yes. at that so I guess okay so you when when you so when that since miss carter you had more of the adults coming back yes just
1: at that particular event yeah and i was like right
0: (laughs) right right and and yeah so i can't imagine that conversation with that parent and that kid Mm -hmm. right yeah that's a different that's a different also um as you were coming up i was just in barnes and nobles the other day actually looking for the text um and I discovered that I walked past like this this round table of just books with like black faces on it. And I was like, wow. Right. And, and you know, I take yeah. my daughter there sometimes and I'm, I'm really trying to pull her out of, you know, well, she's out of picture books. But I'm like, come yeah. on, Kenny, we need some thicker books. We need some, you know, some right. uh, some chapter books and things like that. But. It's good to see Black faces on the books. I don't, you know, it's just, it's just, a, and, it, it's, and it feels it's, like a different time in it the is bookstore. A different
1: time. It really is a different time. Um, I think, I don't know what took it so long, but uh, well, part of it is impl- in racism. That's part mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. But there are so many authors telling really good stories. And just getting them out there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you mentioned something about going to the bookstore. That is a wonderful thing to do because you don't even have to buy the book. You can sit right. there. <laughs> and right. you're not tearing things up. You can sit there and that's read. Right, Ms.
0: Carter. that's right.
1: You can sit there and read. And my book is on Barnes and Noble online.
0: Yeah, because, you know, I had to tear that store up and down. And then I think we had like an ISBN number or something. Yeah. And the lady was like, I'm sorry, son, it's, it's not here. I was like, OK, OK, I got to get it online and everything like that. But, you know, it was it was definitely uh, it, it, you know, it was good. But I, I, in in search of your book, I looked around, you know, and probably more than I probably normally do. I'll just, yeah. you know, be with the baby and I'll, you know, look around. And so, just more of looking for your text, I realized right. I was like, "We are," Weird. and that's why I was asking because I was like, "We are right." I mean, from the, I mean, I like you said, I saw the books about the hair, and I saw yes. the books about the skin tones, and mm-hmm. and well, us you
1: know, a Black History, Mom. So right, right, exactly, right,
0: exactly. Right. Right, yeah. right, exactly. And um, but I hope um, I hope that that's it. You know, that that's a normalcy. Mm-hmm. you know, to some degree. And I, um, and I hope that we are, you know, um, read, but you said that the young ones are writing now and that, oh that, goodness. you know, that makes me feel good. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That, that. Alphabet books. They're writing books about wanting candy and not being able to have candy all the time. Right, and right, right. You know, just- kid stuff.
0: Right. But they're putting their kids stuff and they're, they're putting, putting, their, putting, thoughts they're putting right? their thoughts on they're paper. Right. Put, they're putting their thoughts on paper. Definitely. Definitely. I have. Um, so I wanted to ask you one last um, thing. Miss um, Carter, now you spoke about the idea of when putting down the, putting down the, uh, the phone, you know, getting yourself together. So if, what advice would you give that up and coming writer who was like, I, I have this book in me. Like, what would be your advice to that
1: person? So that's a good question. It's a couple of things. I would advise them to read books by authors in the same genre that you are writing in. Mm. So you can see what other people are doing, but don't let that take your voice away.
2: Mm. Okay?
1: But you do want to see what's out there and decide on what is your process and stick to it like my process is getting up at the crack of dawn and writing some people may be midnight writers
0: right right
1: right you know but get your thoughts out on the page Mm -hmm. don't worry so much about making it perfect because the first draft the second draft the third draft they're not perfect wow right and knowing that you have a story to tell, and be brave and courageous enough to write it. And surround—oh, surround yourself with people who are not—I'm not saying they're rah-rah cheering you on, right. but that they respect what you're doing mm-hmm. and they encourage you. Right, right. Surround your people with those kinds of people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I hear that part because. <laughs> If you have said it earlier, um you I mean church might have to take a time out, um, fraternities sororities might have to take a time yeah, out. Yeah. So when you're timing out to people, if you don't have people who understand your end goal, right? You know, they're all they're doing is saying, well, "Why are you why why can't you make the, this event tonight?" And you know, yeah. so it's, you got yeah. You have to have the right people around to you for
1: decide. that. You know, I didn't stop going to church, but no, I was no, not on right. A whole bunch of committees. Anyway. Right, right, right. Same with the sorority. I had to just
2: pause. Mm-hmm. Had to
0: pause. Right, right, right. I like that. I like that. Listen, I appreciate um, the Thomas Carter, definitely. Thank you. Um, so uh, I'm going to call you on the side. um Actually, I think we probably should do it again after I make sure um, the books, I think my daughters, I think I have them downloaded now. Okay. So um, I want to read the text and then I definitely want to get back on with you um, yes. uh, and uh, see if I could put a pen in my daughter's hand and possibly have her writing early enough so she could pay for her tuition. Um, so <laughs> we'll work out a plan.
2: Ms. That's a plan. <laughs> that is
0: definitely. A plan. But I definitely appreciate the time that you uh, that you took to come through um, to talk about the text. Um, yeah. uh, much luck to the to your third installment. And so, um, again, um, on behalf of the fearless leader team here, I appreciate, um, you coming through. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. You're welcome.
0: Thank you for listening to the fearless leader podcast, a podcast made to help you take control of your life and find your passion. If you enjoy tonight's podcast, make sure you subscribe so you're notified whenever a new episode is posted and rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. We really appreciate your support here at the Fearless Leader Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you all next week.